Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is Fiery Friday, April 26, 2019. And like I said, showers are going down throughout all of April. And it's a lot of indictments that a lot of us, you know, don't really care for. We want the good stuff, the big stuff. That takes time. It's kind of like reeling in minnows and groupers, comparing it to the whales that are going to be coming. So we have a lot to talk about today. I actually have sent a barrage of emails to editors of uh, conservative media publications saying, oh, so now you publish it. Because this isn't information that hasn't been known, well, by myself and a few others for a very long time. And I'll fill in the blanks and walk you through because I've taken a lot of heat from people when I would say I don't trust Pence. I mean, if you remember, I was all over the whole sneaky note, you know, during that sheriff's meeting. But we'll get to that. What I want to do in the first uh, half of the show is help you hear what our president is telling us uh, through his interview with Hannity. And also, we must remember, and I say it all the time, when um, I had a, uh, I have an acquaintance that has been to the White House, and this acquaintance was very excited because the president was like, yeah, you're a good guy. You're this. I was like, he doesn't like you, period. And so that acquaintance of mine no longer is my friend because I told him he doesn't like you and you will not be invited back to participate in any of the events. I was right. Because see, the way you deal with enemies is by talking them up and making them think that you like them. Not like them, that you're like, yeah, you're so great, this. You want to look dumb. See, I'm of the fact, people are like, oh, when you're silent and you're a man of few words, then it's, you know, when you do say something, it's like a slash or a machete coming out because you're so wise and, and, and hard. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's not the way it is. The best defense is to talk, 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 talk. And sometimes talk a lot of nonsense. Because do you know what happens then? And this is part of a training course, just so that you understand. If you have someone that talks with you, totally loose-lipped, talks, talk, talks, and they talk rubbish. 
when they do drop actual information or when they do want to extract information from you, it's a lot easier because you're not paying attention. They've already conditioned you to think that they're just like flapping their lips. Are you getting it now? Hence, this is how you infiltrate. Now, one thing I know it's going to sound a little bit um, odd, but no, not odd. Kind of, um, I would say wrong because nature versus nurture, right? You can be genetically predisposed based on your psychonomy to be an XYZ type of character, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be that character. So just on Pence, his demeanor combined with his physical attributes, specifically that of his face, um, the mouth area indicates someone that is a backstabber. That's the easiest way to put it. Anyway, and that's just me. I'm just saying that I have nothing. And many times, you know, um, these uh, derivations, because it's not a science, it's actually you're not allowed to study the science of uh, physiognomy, right? Psychonomy, as they say, because it's um, biased. Because when you see someone, you're automatically biased because X, Y, Z knows means you're a cheater. Mouth like this means you're um, a backstabber. Lips that turn up like this mean that you're selfish. So then suddenly people don't like each other because they know the traits, the physical traits, which like I said, doesn't necessarily mean it exists. Okay. So what I want to do now is just play a couple minutes just for the first two questions of uh, the president being interviewed by Hannity. And we'll just go through that one. Let's get this on here. From the White House, as I assume the White House is the president of the United States. Mr. President, thank you for taking the time. We really appreciate you joining us. Hi, Sean. Thank you. All right. A lot of breaking news tonight. Um, and you haven't really talked at length in an interview about a lot of issues. Let me start with this issue of the Ukraine. I don't know if you were following the top of the show or John Solomon's new report or that both Catherine Herridge and Sarah Carter are reporting tonight. We now have text messages from Peter Strzok and Lisa Page never before seen discussing recruiting White House sources to spy on you. Take it in any order you'd like. Well, I think it's uh, incredible when you hear it. These are great reporters, all three. And uh, when you have them on your trail, that's a problem. These are people that should be getting Pulitzers, not the ones that got the Pulitzers that got everything wrong. If you listen to them, they got everything wrong. Go back and read some of their early and mid-articles. They didn't have a clue what was going on, and they win Pulitzer Prizes. These are the ones that should be winning. It sounds like big stuff. It sounds like uh, very interesting with Ukraine. I just spoke to the new president a little while ago, two days ago, and uh, congratulated him on a incredible race, incredible run, a big surprise victory. Got 75 percent of the vote. Uh, but uh, that sounds like big, big stuff. I'm not surprised. Uh, Mr. President, the Ukraine is offering this evidence to the United States. Would would you like the United States with all this talk about collusion? They're saying they colluded on behalf of Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. Does America need to see that information, especially in light of all that the uh, attacks against you 
on collusion? Well, I think we do. And frankly, we have a great new attorney general who's done an unbelievable job at a very short period of time. And uh, he's very smart and he's very tough. And I would certainly defer to him, but I would imagine he'd want to see this. So people have been saying this this whole uh, the concept of Ukraine, they've been talking about it actually for a long time. You know that. And uh, I would certainly defer to the attorney general. And we'll see what he says about it. He calls them straight. That's one thing I can tell you. Mr. President, our own Catherine Herridge, investigative reporter Sarah Carter, big breaking news tonight. Senate Republican chairman submitted a letter Thursday to the Department of Justice, the attorney general. We have new text from November of 2016 uh, from Strzok and Page showing the pair had discussed attempts to recruit sources from within your White House to spy on your administration and reveal that they had one particular contact within the White House, the vice president's chief of staff, whose wife was working as an analyst for Strzok on the FBI investigation into Hillary's private server. Have you heard this report tonight, sir? I just heard it a little while ago, and frankly, it's uh, very disconcerting. If you if you look at What's been happening, uh, they were the same two, the, the two lovers that decided to use the FBI server instead of their private so they didn't get caught. Uh, these two were these two were beauties, there's no doubt about it. They were going hog wild to find something about the administration, which obviously wasn't there. We have nothing to do with Russia, except that we've been tougher on Russia than any administration in 50 years, a lot tougher than Obama. But uh, these were the two that... Uh, talked about the insurance policy, just in case Hillary Clinton loses. If uh, she loses, we've got an insurance policy. Well, that was the insurance policy. Now she lost, and now they're trying to infiltrate the administration to uh, really, it's a coup. It's spying. It's everything that you can imagine. It's hard to believe in this country that we would have had that. I don't know if you remember a long time ago, very early on, I used the word wiretap. And I put it in quotes, meaning surveillance, spying. You can sort of say whatever you want. But that was a long time ago. And I've never seen anything like a blow up like you've never seen. Now I understand why, because they thought two years ago when I said that, just on a little bit of a hunch and a little bit of wisdom, maybe, uh, they, the, the, it blew up because they thought maybe I was wise to them or they were caught. And that's why, because if they weren't doing anything wrong, it would have just gone by. Nobody would have cared about it. It was pretty insignificant, I thought, when I said it. And uh, it's uh, pretty amazing. So you see now they're in, trying to infiltrate the White House. This is long after the election. It's a disgrace. And again, hopefully the attorney general will do what's right. And I really believe he will. Mr. President, the attorney general actually used the word spying on your campaign. We know of Stefan Halper. And well, before we get into that, let's stop a second there. So he's talking about Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and some text. And like I said yesterday, I was waiting for something to drop, right? Um, I didn't know what it was, but it did late last night. It did. Um and I told you guys that I'm waiting for something to drop. Well, here's the deal. The infiltration to the White House I knew about from chatter. 
And uh, the way I realized it is when he picked Pence, I thought, what is President Trump thinking? I mean, he is the only one, you know, if he would have picked Sessions, I would have been like, yeah, okay, I see it. He is part of the old guard, but he is the the boy that peed in the well, you know, they keep him away. Um, and the term pee in the well is like from the times where we didn't have running water and, you know, whoever peed in the well, the whole village hated you because they can't drink the water. Right. So that's how sessions was viewed. But Pence, on the other hand, even though he was supposedly square, he was very much embedded in the old guard. So I'm going to walk you through so you can see the true face of Pence the way I saw it when he chose him. Now, I ran with it. Of course, he picked him. He knows what he's doing because he's a smart guy. But on the other hand, he also has good faith in people. And I'll explain that. There's many people in my life that have caused harm to me, that have, um, you know, are harmful to me if they're around me. But I never start anyone at anything but 100%. And when I see that um, they have caused harm to me and they've asked for an apology, I'll take it at a hundred percent and see where they go with it because I believe in second chances. Now for president Trump, he didn't have any interactions with Pence. He just knew from his close confidants and some of them were attacked viciously and Pence assisted with that were wary of the choice, but said, you know, that could just be hearsay to drive us away from picking that person. So they took it with a grain of salt, but had him at 100%. Now here's where he went downhill. We all know that the wife of his chief of staff guy, right, was working on Peter Strzok's team. She actually recused herself. I knew this. I actually pitched this. I said, this is a problem. The minute I saw that it was Pence who said that General Flynn lied to him, and it was because of him. That Flynn, first of all, was fired by him. I wanted to run a story. I reached out to every single conservative publisher that I've published myself under assumed names or have given uh, information to editors, and none of them would run it. They said, no, no, you know, we need to see how this plays out. I said, guys, this is a problem. Strzok organized this. He falsified the 302s. They went and interviewed him, and then Pence fires him. This is a setup. No one listened. Fast forward to March. March is where they all sat down together. They all sat down together and discussed things. Discussed things. And now we move forward to April and May. Discussions ensued using the 25th Amendment. What about the wiretapping? Do you know who was in the room? I've said it before. Yes. Rosenstein. Who else? Pence. Who else? Tons of them. Mueller was appointed. Pence knew about it. Pence also knew of bona fide threats to assassinate our president and never once mentioned them. But here's where the clue was. Right after... Right around the time that it was decided that Mueller is being appointed. Let's get that clear. Vice President Pence 
set up his own PAC. Why would a sitting vice president set up their own PAC? We've seen this movie before. Who did that? Ah, yes. Vice President Bush. Right around the time that President Reagan was shot. So weird, right? Because history always proves the present. So he sets up a PAC. I've mentioned this before. And I've been very careful because I get a lot of hate mail from my fans saying, I don't, I, I don't agree with you on Pence. I don't like it. I'm not going to listen to this. But I was right. So <laughs> tough. I, the truth does hurt. And obviously, if I know it, the president knows it. So here is where he set up his own pack. Why would the vice president set up his own pack? Do you want to hear what the excuse was? Oh, it's to uh, get money so that he can support the candidates for the 2018 elections. That is complete and utter rubbish. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Because then we can start talking about how he was in that meeting, how they were talking about who's going to wear a wire, how they were discussing things. We could talk about that. We could talk about how many times he knew of their plan and said nothing. We could talk about McCain's funeral. What did he know? What did he receive? We can also talk about the anonymous op-ed that they all sat down together and crafted. Hmm. We could talk about all that. But the thing is, the president doesn't want to answer that. But he has. I mean, bottom line is we're waiting to see how he's going to answer the question to the public, because right now that was released last night. So there's a full working day of talking about what we're going to do about this. So let's continue just to listen to the hints, because this is a hint. The fact that he didn't answer the question on on it, but he said it's very concerning. Right. And it's disheartening to him, correct? Because his number two was plotting against him. Listen to what else he says. And his contacts that he made with Papadopoulos and Carter Page and Sam Clovis. Uh, we know about the FISA warrant, as the Grassley Graham memo said, the bulk of information in the application was the Clinton bought and paid for Russian, of all things, dossier. Ignored by the Mueller report, which I'll ask you about in a, in a second here. But those are two specific incidents of attempts to get into your campaign, your reaction to all that. Well, I think they made many attempts. And then you see the lying and you see the leaking and you see Comey lie to Congress. Nothing happens. You see him leaking. Nothing happens. And this is leaking classified information. This is leaking really big stuff. I remember the young sailor. In fact, I helped him out with his family because I thought he was so unfairly treated, as you know. But I remember he had uh, confidential information, which is a much, much lower standard than classified. And uh, they put him in jail for a long time. They took away his life. And uh, then you look at what Hillary Clinton did with 33,000 emails and hundreds of thousands of text messages or emails going through the Wiener uh, server or computer, hundreds of thousands of which many were classified and nothing happens to her. And yet they put a young sailor on for doing something innocent, uh, showing his mother and his friend what the desk looked like, the desk in a 40 year old submarine. I think uh, Russia and China would have had that picture 
many years ago. So it's really a double standard like you've never seen. Very, very unfair. But hopefully that will change. I think that will be changing. Mr. President, closed-door testimony recently revealed, struck in page, that they were laughing at the idea that the Hillary investigation was a real investigation um, and that it went directly into Loretta Lynch's office, which now raises a whole new set of other questions. And they were confident about that. And it was struck that did the interview with Hillary, uncharacteristically, frankly, unprecedented, allowed two other people in that interview uh, while she was being interviewed in an investigation. Comey, of course, exonerated her, but he even acknowledged top secret classified information on that server. I did disagree with you at the time. You, after the election, were basically saying, let bygones be bygones. Let's not go down this road. Uh, do you regret saying that? And do you think now if we really are to get to the bottom and the truth, it has to also include Hillary Clinton, the email server, which would be an underlying crime and obstruction, which everyone in the media seems to care about, uh, the intent behind the 33,000 subpoenaed emails deleted, bleach bit, hammers, SIM cards? No, I don't regret saying it. When I won, uh, they were all saying, lock her up, lock her up. And I said, no, no, let's get on with life. That was different. It was like right after the election, you want to get a new page and turn turn over a new leaf. And I said, let's get on with it. Let's, you know, build up the economy, which, by the way, is doing record business. I'm so proud of the economy. We're doing numbers that nobody's ever believed. Probably the best economy we've ever had, best unemployment numbers we've ever had. Uh, it's been incredible. But I said, let's get on with our life. Let's uh, forget about the past. But now what happened is... Fairly shortly after that great evening, they started coming at us with the insurance policy, and everything they did was so dishonest. Uh, and then we really uh, started looking into a lot of things like her deleted emails and acid-washed emails, which is unheard of because of the expense of doing it, and uh, how she got away with it, how her lawyer got away with it how all of these things happened. Don't forget, when they interviewed her, that was on July 4th weekend. It was very, very late into the July 4th weekend. They asked her questions. They didn't have a stenographer. They didn't have anybody swear her in. They didn't have a tape recorder. They just walked in, asked her some questions, and that was fine. In the meantime, look at what she's done, how she's destroyed the lives of people that were on our campaign. She's destroyed their lives in the DNC. And frankly, when the FBI went into the DNC, the DNC told them to get the hell out of here. Think of that. They told that to the FBI. Okay. So um, we're going to talk about Pence a little bit later, but I wanted you guys to remember something. Remember how I told you that the DNC exchange server, when it was hacked, that the FBI took the report from CrowdStrike, who was not a registered vendor with the FBI. Now, in court, they can't make that stick. I don't know how they convinced the FISA court to issue the warrant based on those findings. I don't know how Mueller indicted people based on those findings, because let's pretend these 14 Russians he's indicted actually go to court. The, the charges won't stick because the server was never examined by the FBI because they never gave the FBI the server. So it makes you think. They're indicting people for a crime they cannot prove they did because they were not ever provided the server. 
Remember that. Because in 2018, Mueller put out that indictment to the Russians. He put it out, and he shouldn't have, because it doesn't stand. Because like President Trump said, they told him, get out of here. Listen to what else they told them. They wouldn't give him the server. I want to find out what's on that server, the DNC server. What's on the server? Why wouldn't they give the server? Why wouldn't they hand over the server? That tells you everything you need to know. Because this whole charade of Russia, Russia, Russia was orchestrated by them. There was no Russia. There was them. There was no Russia. They were obfuscating, obstructing justice. So people don't see what the Democrats were really up to. Mm -hmm. I have to say that there is some testimony from El Chapo. And there's got to be some really good stuff on that server from what I hear. So there is a lot on this server. And like President Trump said, where's the server? Why don't we have the server? And again, how are you going to prosecute these fictional allegations against possibly fictional persons that are Russian that supposedly hacked when you didn't even get the server. So CrowdStrike doesn't even stand in a court of law because they're not your vendor. On top of that, the DNC paid them. Hillary Clinton paid them. Obama paid them all via Perkins Coy. And it was Perkins Coy, and I wrote this article months ago, that said you can't have the server. This is why Perkins Coy was representing the DNC. Keep in mind, Robert Bauer, the lawyer that was heading this, resigned and is under a sealed indictment as of May 2018. Coincidentally, just around the time that Mueller dropped this phony indictment against Russians for hacking the server they never examined. I'll see you all in just a few. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with My Pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Uh, so let's just hit the ground running. So we know that Mueller is involved. Now I'm going to tell you something people aren't telling you and I'm writing about it as um as I'm telling you this weekend I'm just going to do a whole dump of these deep dive articles. I've been just so extremely busy and I'm going to try this weekend because today is Good Friday for me. Um uh, Orthodox Christians are celebrating Easter this Sunday, so it's pretty busy. Um I just wanted to say People are not paying attention to the timelines. I'm having, uh, I'm seeing a lot of official accounts saying, how dare anyone say anything? Listen, Pence is dirty. I have a personal experience I can tell you about, and I can demonstrate to you just how corrupt he is, uh, but how deep old guard he is. But it's all about the timelines. But here's the key. Pitcock, right, who was his chief of staff for so long, Right. His wife from a- worked. My apologies. His wife worked for Mueller. OK. Are you paying attention? She worked for Mueller in the FBI. And then, uh, you know, when he left as FBI director, she was just in there as an analyst and she worked on counterintelligence. She worked on the spy team and she worked in the same team that Peter Strzok is, and she actually recused herself, okay, when it was the time that President Trump announced that um, Pence is his running man. So uh, right after this mid-year exam, right after this dossier was collected, Pence's chief of staff wife, okay, Pence's chief of staff wife, knowing that Pence is going to be running with President Trump, then resigns at the end of July 2016, up and about the time that Comey made all these announcements when they have this dossier. (laughs) Are you paying attention? So then here's where it goes that, you know, now texts are uncovered. I knew about the stuff because it was discussed in London in the fall and in the wintertime. 
So the discussion was there that they had someone in the White House. So then fast forward, inauguration happens. We've got Josh Pitcock right there. We've got McCabe, who is Lisa Page's, uh, Lisa Page's boss. She was his right-hand woman, right? We've got all these people colluding to remove the president. We've got all of them sitting in a room discussing how they're going to remove him. But first, they had to get rid of who? Flynn. So in order to remove Flynn, you have to get something on Flynn. You must find something to get rid of him. So they decide that they're going to interview him. Interview Flynn and misplace 302s and then maybe put 302s together. Then maybe do this. And so they interviewed. They came up and I'm telling you the text exists somewhere from the beginning there in January where... They had actually interviewed him, and again in February, where they're talking about it, they had nothing. So then they take these falsified 302s, and they go to Vice President Pence and say, here you go. Pence says, you lied. You're fired. So Flynn resigns on Valentine's Day with a broken heart and is under investigation over falsified 302s that Pence knew were falsified. Now, anyone can say, oh, he's such an amazing man. No. And he hasn't flipped. He's being compliant to walk away. Because every single action he took after that indicated nothing but someone who was getting away with it. Someone who was putting it together. So here's the deal. Here's my personal, you know, thing. I reached out to the president to rectify a very big issue with the U.S. Army Corps engineer up here in the state of North Dakota. I asked him to assist. How is it that the U.S. Army Corps engineer has taken over six and a half years to complete a survey on the Mouse River? Katrina was done in 18 months. How come North Dakota, ha- it hasn't been completed? North Dakota wasn't even able to apply for FEMA funding to create you know, flood structures to avoid the disaster that they had in 2011. I need your help, and I would like you to come out here. We're going to raise funds for a commemorative monument to that flood where people lost everything, where Barack Obama didn't even bother to come and say, I'm here with you, where the people got zero dollars. And for some reason, (laughs) believe it or not, the city that was affected, Minot, didn't get one thing from FEMA to build the wall. So they got a loan from the only state run bank in the nation, the Bank of North Dakota, for one hundred and eighty million dollars that the city. Citizens of the city of Minot are going to pay back. So the reason is what? Did you guys do that on purpose so we can inject cash flow to the Bank of North Dakota? What's going on with the U.S. Army Corps engineer? People are saying, oh, we're a red state and it was under Obama. So no one. That's BS. U.S. Army Corps engineer. Yes, there's politics involved, but six and a half years. So I go back and forth with the administration and on October 25th, I send my final report, all my findings, the corruption, the numbers, the dates. I said, please fix it. A couple days later, Vice President Pence leaves the White House and he did not tell the president because I had invited the president to come up to the city for this commemorative monument. So he comes up to my not without telling President Trump where he's going. 
President Trump, though, got it done. November 1st, the U.S. Army Corps engineer said, hey, we're shutting this thing down. We'll answer questions on the 30th of November. And now on the 30th of November, they did answer questions. And there were a lot of big politicians in that meeting. And they heard that I was the one that initiated it. And, you know, they don't understand why it took so long. But it came down from the administration that this was supposed to be done now. So the president listened. I mean, this is pretty incredible, right? Six and a half years to complete a survey on a tiny river area. Come on. So politicians got really angry with Tory. And so Tory has been under attack since then. But here's the deal. What business did the vice president have here? Why did he come here without telling president Trump that he was coming here? President Trump didn't know he was there until he arrived. What does that tell you? How does your number two leave the White House and goes to a city that is of interest because of something that has been asked for because I was on this for six months, working on this for six months in a very covert way, very naive way, very like, oh, I'd like to do something special. You know, what have I said? The more you talk stupid right? The more you'd sound waffly and uh, valley girly and just dumb, the less people listen. So when you ask them a question, they don't have their guard up. They just start yapping because they think you're dumb. So I got a lot of information like that. Maybe I use sexual politics. I'm really happy being a woman. Okay. But the bottom line is that's where I noticed something's up. That is where I noticed that something is not right, something is off because the president was not aware of him going. And this we're talking is uh, November. Uh, well, Pence came up here October 2017, just a couple days after I sent my final report by email to the White House. So I'm, I'm making it clear to you guys. First of all, we have an administration that listens, especially in outrageous things like these. Second, there is a bad relationship. But the thing is, just because it's a bad relationship doesn't mean it can't work. Okay. Let's be straight with that. Because once you catch someone with their pants down, once you see a person naked, you have a power over them, right? So he's compliant. He hasn't flipped. He's compliant. He is completely compliant because he was of the fact that President Trump was either going to be assassinated or impeached, and he knew about it. Now, there's a lot of people who say, that's preposterous. It's actually very true. And here's the thing. Mueller was appointed in 2017. His chief of staff resigned in 2017, but in June of um, uh, 2017, after, after his chief of staff um, set up his pack, his pack that he calls the great America committee was set up by Pitcock. Right. And so everyone's like, well, why are you filing FEC paperwork, you know, in May? Uh, it's so weird. You know, it's like the timing is pretty incredible, isn't it? I mean, Mueller gets appointed May 17th, and on May 17th, 18th, there's FEC paperwork filed by Pence's chief of staff to open up a pack. That's super weird. I mean, how does that even happen? How does it even happen? 
And so the vice president says that he wanted to raise funds to travel with Air Force Two to campaign for people. I didn't see him stumping a lot for people. Did you all see that? I didn't. I didn't see that at all. He said that he was going to be stumping for people, and that's why, you know, for added travel costs, you know, provide resources for him, you know, so he can support candidate agendas. Are you getting it? Like, who does that? So this is the day before of after it's filed as Mueller is being appointed. He has his own separate pack. His own separate pack, the GAC pack, the Great American Committee. That's what you need to pay attention to. It's the little things that cue you up. Now, for the president to just hang him out to dry would also be egg on his face. What does it say about him being able to choose someone? So what you do is you make them compliant. Compliant and you keep them in a box. Compliant in a box, period. You know, many of you, uh, you know, were on the same page with me when we saw that sheriff, you know, meeting that they had at the White House where he so, in such a slick and stealthy way, slipped a note into his pocket. Did you guys see that? I was, that was incredible. How he slipped this note into his pocket as if he's been a sneaky little pickpocket guy all his life. That was smooth. That did not look like someone that didn't know what they were doing. And remember, that note was taken from a sheriff that is one of the most corrupt sheriffs that were on that, you know, in that group photo. So, and she was wearing sandals. How tacky. Why would you wear your uniform with open toe sandals to the White House? Seriously. But anyway, that is who Pence is. And I am so glad that there's finally evidence linking it because there's even more. There's more and there's more to come. And the thing is, it's so bad. You know, I get why publishers were like, Tori, we're not running this because this is going to harm President Trump. But it's not about harming him. It's about the truth. That is what the media should be focused on. You know, then they would tell me, well, you know, if your sources don't come on the record, uh, no, they won't. They want their job. Then we can't run. But they run a lot of stuff with sources say. But they didn't want to do this. But now I'm vindicated because they're all running articles about it. And they knew about it two years ago when I told them about it. But anyway, I digress. The bottom line is we do not have the availability of free-flowing information because people refuse the truth. Even those that claim are truth seekers do not want the truth. They want to keep it contained. They want to keep it boxed up. And they want to keep it to the note and the tone that they want. I'm still for the Trump-Flynn 2020 ticket. Now... Let's just listen to a little bit more of what uh, President Trump has to say, because now we're going to get into the meaty stuff, the stuff that's going to be coming up 
uh, in the next two weeks. Keep in mind that next week is a hot, hot foreign relations, foreign policy week. May 2nd, these waivers for buying oil from Iran expire, right? And Turkey's already said, we're not budging. And China, they've budged. They've invested in Venezuela. They knew it was coming. Uh, Russia doesn't need it. Um, So I don't know why people keep bringing up Russia. Russia doesn't buy oil from Iran. They have their own. But anyway... This is going to be huge. We're going to have more tariff wars. And with a GDP that just bust up, I mean, that is pretty incredible. Like 3.2. Oh, my gosh. Like, that is huge. We had a negative 2.5 GDP under Obama. Remember that. Negative 2.5. This is an incredible rebound for our economy. And it is amazing how our president is getting it done. It is amazing. So what... um, I want us to do is just play this clip so we can discuss what the president is telling us because a lot of people miss the mark. They're waiting for him to answer the questions and see a lot of people when they're posed questions, they use them as an opportunity to say things that they normally can't say because the question hasn't been posed right. Take a listen. Because that's the big thing. Nobody's seen that survey yet. The FBI didn't see it. And these Mm -hmm. are the top people at the FBI where you had absolute Dirty cops. These were dirty cops. Now, the FBI, I know FBI guys, these are the best in the world. But the people leading it, Comey and McCabe and Strook and Page and all of these people, the lawyer who admitted, frankly, how crooked things were. I mean, the, the, when that testimony comes out, it's already come out partially. When that testimony comes out from the attorney for the FBI, you'll see. So I I really say now we have to get down because this was a coup. This was an attempted overthrow of the United States government. We had people coming out to vote from all over this country that are in love with what we're doing. It's called Make America Great Again. That's what we've. So you heard what he said. This was an attempt to overthrow the government. And look at all the players, key players. His attorney generals, his FBI directors, senior executives, CIA, uh, DIA, attorneys. And, you know, his VP played the, well, you know, you can do what you want. I'm going to be president, so I'll just do as little as possible so that I'm not implicated. And, um, yeah. So he was being set up to be taken out of the presidency in any shape or form they could. This was indeed a coup, a coup, a well-orchestrated coup where the media complied with and assisted. Done and we're doing. And this was an overthrow and it's a disgraceful thing. And uh, I don't, I think it's far bigger than Watergate. I think it's, Possibly the biggest scandal in political history in this country, maybe beyond political. So I think that a lot of things are being learned right now, just like you just mentioned uh, just a few moments ago. Again, with Strzok and Page. These are sick people. These are sick, sick people. You know. So let's see what happens. Okay, so like he said, it's one of the biggest scandals in history, global history. I've said that before. Because the implicated persons are so far 
wide apart. I mean, we're talking Supreme Court. We're talking FISA court. We're talking brigadiers. We're talking generals. We're talking, uh, you know, the Department of Justice, the intelligence community, the FBI, and people within his own White House, including those from the previous White House. And we have the global media. This is not just, it is the biggest attack and the biggest scandal against humanity not just a political thing but against humanity because what president trump represents is a beacon of hope he is the statue of liberty holding that light for the rest of the world that are being oppressed and are already in the first stages of socialism europe chants his name Asia chants his name. Australians love him. New Zealanders love him. Everybody loves him because he is about his people first. The people first. The people first. Not just, oh, I'm biased. It's just the Americans. He looks after his country. If it's not in the interest of his country, he's not doing it. And that is what every single leader on this planet should be doing. That should be their mantra because if every single country on this planet right now has had a leader that made decisions that were best for their own country first, the world would be indeed a way better place. We would have so much diversity because the Italians would maintain their Italianism. The French would still have their baguettes, not kebabs. You know, the British would have their meat and potatoes, not curries. This is... The embodiment of diversity, of owning your individuality, not demanding that it be watered down so everyone is the same. And people realize that across the globe. And what President Trump has done is, I stand for American values. I stand for beer. I stand for guns. I stand for hot dogs and baseball games because that's what America's got. Uh, I stand for everything that's different than any other nation because I put America first. And my people get to decide what they want, not the rest of the world, not, you know, the people in meetings like at the G7, G20 or the EU commission, but the people that live in this country, the people that adhere to American culture, Americana, Americana, what happened to the good old forties and fifties Americana, that the innovation, the drive, the, 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 the big strides in technology, the advancement. I mean, what's wrong with being an American? Nothing. Then why do we want to be like everyone else? Those that claim diversity are the first ones to denounce anything that makes them unique. The president is pointing that out. This is why this is the biggest attack on humanity, on human rights. I'm telling you, this is a human right. This is, this is the brink of modern civilization collapsing and going backwards. And he's just stood up there and held, held the whole door, like Hodor from Game of Thrones reference. He's holding it. So take a listen to what he says happens with McCabe and Comey and Brennan and Clapper. They weren't in the act. And let's see what happens and let's see how high it goes up because it's inconceivable when it goes to Clapper, Brennan, Comey, these people. I would imagine that some other people maybe a little bit higher up also knew about it and maybe a lot higher up. 
You mentioned, I mentioned now Strzok and Page. Independently in their conversations, Peter Strzok had said about the collusion, there's no there there. Lisa Page closed door testimony actually said after the nine month FBI investigation, they had no evidence of anything with you and your campaign in Russia. That's before the appointment of Mueller. We also had the House Intel Committee report. That's two, no collusion. Then the Senate uh, bipartisan committee. And now the Mueller report, as you said, oh, any news? No obstruction, no collusion. What, I want right. your, what is your full reaction to the Mueller report? Well, it was, as I call them, 13 angry Democrats. They were supplanted by uh, five more. Uh, five more were added. And uh, you got up to 18, 19, 20. They were all Democrats. Many of them made major contributions to the Hillary Clinton campaign. And they had one of them was one of the top people at the Clinton Foundation, Jeannie Ray. Then you had Weissman. You had some bad, bad, bad people. Uh, no friends of Trump. I had no friends. It was like a one-sided witch hunt, as I called it. And, uh, you know, Bob Mueller, I turned him down to run the FBI. The next day he was appointed to be the head of this this uh, special counsel, as they call it. It's really a much tougher word than that, but I won't use it. And uh, it was a terrible thing. Did you hear that? He turned him down to run the FBI because he was recommended. Are you paying attention? Can everyone pay attention? So the guy that started spying on our president in 2012 at when he was then FBI director, this is four years before the election was recommended to run the FBI, a guy that had done not 10 years, but 12 and a half years exceeding the legal limit for someone to be FBI director was being recommended to be FBI director and the president declined it. So they appointed him as special counsel. What does that tell you? How much you want to put your money on it? That vice president Pence said, yeah, I think it's a good idea. How much you want to make a bet that Rosenstein put his name on that block. Maybe Sessions also approved it, but Sessions was a little bit, he was scared. He was a scaredy cat, not a corrupt clown. He was spineless um, to the point, not completely, but he wasn't as aggressive as it was needed to be because this is huge. And think about it, guys. He's being attacked from all fronts and still trying to push forward to get results. So that way he can run for 2020. Do you see what he's been doing? Not only has he been putting fires out with every digit God has graced him, but he's been putting fires out within his own office and trying to do something for this nation to be productive. And look what he's done with his hands and feet bound. Imagine now that he's free. What's going to happen. This is why we're seeing everything roll up and speed up real quick. I'll see you all just after this short break. See you in a few.
down in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, remember, you can always follow me on Twitter and Gab at Tori underscore says. And you can join the Red State Talk Radio Facebook group where we share articles and commentary daily. Excessively, actually, and we have some great conversations going, too. Uh, so I talked about my concerns with Vice President Pence. I've expressed to you my personal, firsthand, not hearsay knowledge of what transpired personally with my interactions, obviously far removed, um, and what was uh, what happened. So... You can take that to the bank or you can choose to be objective and just note it. I'm not telling you to take it at face value, um, you know, at 100%, but note it. Uh, Something that a lot of people said, yep, I was um, also of the fact of the cards that were being handed out at uh, Bush's funeral. We saw Jimmy Carter didn't have one (laughs) and he was looking for one. He was like, where's mine? You're lucky you don't have one, dude. Uh, So Pence had one, though. So that was interesting. Um, and we, there's just a lot of interesting things. And like I said, when you have someone that is your enemy, someone that conspired with greater enemies against you, and you have to work with them, you use them the way it should. You tell them, listen, I could just set fire to all of this and embarrass the crap out of you and put it all out there and hang your dirty laundry or you just put up and shut up and just do what you need to be doing. You decide. And that is the bottom line. And corrupt people that have a lot to lose usually keep their mouth shut and follow suit. Again, Trump Flynn 2020, please. Now, if you remember correctly, I had noted uh, in November, December, January, February, March, and April, uh, you know, that we're going to have the Horowitz report come out like around end of May, beginning of June, remember. And that is where we're going to come at headbutts with the Attorney General. I said it. And it's right before Flynn sentencing. And if you listened, carefully to what the president said. He's like, well, you know, I hope the attorney general does what he's supposed to do. I'm expecting him to do what he's supposed to do. Because like I said, you never hire one of the people of the old guard without telling them this is your opportunity. You postured yourself 
I'm taking you on to keep the peace between the sides. You know how they work, and I'm giving you the opportunity. Do not even think you're slicker than me. Because A.G. Barr needs to understand that President Trump's base is not the voters that come out only at the rallies. It's people like you and I that have our eyes and ears everywhere where we know the flies we send into the rooms to sit on the wall, where we can be provided confidential information and keep our mouth shut and bring the attention around it in such a way that people will find it. I mean, that's what I was trying to do with Pence, but it didn't work out for me. Because, you know, like I said, it's all about titles and tiaras, right? So where I left off was demonstrating and reinforcing how bound our president was. How surrounded by enemies, like my heart breaks, thinking that every morning he wakes up and he has a glass of water next to him, he thinks, is this the water that's going to take me out? Think about it for a second. Think about having to wake up every morning and having that thought on your mind. Even if you trust those that are the closest to you and you know they can't do it in that way because hmm, there will be civil war. So they've already scratched out the opportunity of we're going to take them out because there's going to be civil war and it's going to be well darn bloody. But you always think about it. Right. When there's the opportunity, think of waking up every morning and not knowing if the person that's sitting across from you is going to write a fancy letter to the New York Times talking smack about you or think about every time you want to be human and express your concern or cry or vent or complain or show frustration that they're not recording you or that they won't tell someone so they can embarrass you. Think about it for a second. Because that is the daily life of our president. He is a human being. He's, he's made a Teflon, man. This guy is strong. But think about how he feels. As a human being, you have to understand that. He's taken on to be the president of the United States and he's going against the grain, the global grain, the global plan that has been rolled out forever. Biden, in his announcement, made it clear that if he has eight years, it will destroy everything they've done. He is truthful on that. He's already destroyed it with his feet and his hands bound as president. He's destroyed the damage that they've brought upon the free people. And he is going out like a bull right now. But he has to keep the eye on the ball because he's got bar at the DOJ. And I do not trust him at all. And those of you that blindly trust him because he was appointed still possibly don't understand who our president is. I many times have coffee, talk, exchange information with people that I consider to be enemies of the people. And those that people consider to be for the people are the worst ones. So he does, this is a New York thing, man. I think this is, I was talking with a friend earlier today and I was like, you know what? 
President Trump is the embodiment of a smart, intelligent, business-minded, and very black and white type execution of, you know, uh, strategy uh, that uh, that New York would churn out. It's we want it done yesterday. When we have an idea for something, we want it done yesterday. And he's, he, I, I identify with him. Obviously, he's, he was crafted with more dollars than I was, right? And uh, he's got, you know, uh, 30 somewhat years over on me. But understanding the mind of President Trump is so easy. And you can predict what he's doing. I mean, even in his interview, and I'll play a few more clips so you understand what he's telling you. He's making it clear. He said, they're higher than that. I told you that there is communication and Judicial Watch issued some of that communication that happened at the beginning of January of 2017. That communication involved the chief justice of the Supreme Court. This is just how high it goes. So imagine being President Donald J. Trump. Imagine having your intelligence community that has access to technologies like you wouldn't believe. The FBI, your Department of Justice, your Department of Treasury, your IRS, your Senate, your Congress, your people that are in your cabinet, the global media, all of them conspiring against you and you have maybe a few people on your fingers that you can count that you trust. He is a person that doesn't forgive either. Once you cross him and you put him on his toes, even if you don't mean it, you're done. He has more sympathy for people that have erred than those that are clean as whistles. This is why he took charge with the First Step Act. Because it is those people that have erred in their life, those people that have made mistakes, those people that have wronged, that have repented and learned from those mistakes. I've always said, every time I've fallen down, I can sit there and cry about it and moan about it, but I have to embrace the wound and wear it as a badge. And he loves wearing badges because, you know, he's failed in his life too, hates it, loves to blame other people like all of us do. But he owns it. He does not like betrayal. Because that's the one quality people like President Trump hold the utmost respect for is loyalty. Loyalty not in, oh, uh, you know, I will never say anything bad about you. I'm your friend. You know what that means? I'm going to be blunt and honest with you because I am loyal to our friendship. So he will... He will be more receptive to someone that comes to him with actual criticism than someone that gets on their knees and brown noses themselves to him. Okay. He's not the type that wants to be told you're doing a great job. Yeah. You can mention it, but you need to point out what he's doing wrong. And you have to point it out like, listen, man, I'm telling you because this is the way it is. This is what he likes. Now that you kind of are getting the gist, and I know a lot of you out there that are listening already understand, that keeping your enemies closer is the most important thing you should adhere to in your life. Through anything from little social circles to work to the military, people are not always who they say they are. 
you will be able to obviously with experience be able to suss them out from when you see them, right? You get the feeling. President Trump relies on his gut a lot. Today at the NRA, I saw during the break that he's uh, undergoing the speech. Um, He's putting it out there. He doesn't want a socialist America. He doesn't want the plan for the Democrats to succeed. And and none of us do. And he's out there now campaigning for those rights. Just keep that in mind. I just wanted to make that mention because you guys need to understand where he is at right now. He's at the point where this blockade that tied his feet and hands together to be able to act as a president, to exercise his executive privilege, has been removed. And it is going to be speedy, speedy, speedy. Did you notice how after the Mueller report he got the state invite, even though I knew about the state invite from before? Well, there's a lot going on with that, and we'll talk about it in the second half of this hour. Uh, But for now, I just want to go back to what President Trump was saying. Take a listen. uh, Was conflicted because of the fact that uh, Comey and him are best friends. So if not best, very close to best, but I would say best friends. You look at pictures of the two of them in the past. Uh, We had a uh, nasty business transaction, the two of us. I had a nasty transaction with him. And then all of a sudden, he's uh, my prosecutor. Uh, Very, very unfair. And with all of that and $35 million spent, think of that, over two years ruining lives of people, ruining their lives, people going out of business because they couldn't afford lawyers. It's just unbelievable what happened, how bad it was. I can't even tell you how bad it was. Preaching to the choir. Nobody knows how people suffered. Nobody knows how many of us suffered, okay? Nobody knows how many of us suffered. How many? Because you think, oh, George Papadopoulos, oh, Flynn, oh, Carter. Do you know how many people like you and I have suffered, have been attacked nationwide? Tons. Thank you, President Trump, for saying that. Because there's so many of us out there, so many patriots that have suffered and are still suffering. And he can't intervene. It's called obstruction of justice. And, you know, all he could do is say, damn it, I just feel horrible. They've ruined people's lives because they want to. And you remember, I was here telling everyone, uh, 2017 as well, (laughs) Mueller and Comey are best buddies. They passed the torch to each other. They worked together when he was FBI director and Comey was acting AG when they went and bullied Ashcroft at his bedside in the hospital. Again, about spying. Mm, key words here. So now Comey's out and Mueller wants in. Trump says no, but then he's put as prosecutor. And who is Mueller? The dirtiest cop ever. His dirty career started from Boston. And then he was smacked and spanked for handing out NSL letters like they were peppermint candies on Christmas. So this is just how corrupt the whole setup was. And the Democrats are angry and there's so many of them. And there's a lot of Republicans too, Uh, you know, tons of Republicans. Take a listen to what he continues to say. Great people that came to Washington, they came to D.C. to to set the world in a very positive way on fire. They wanted to clean things up and do a great job. And all of a sudden they're testifying on nonsense 
And it's really a shame. And, you know, with all of the things you've heard, nothing had to do with the campaign, nothing had to do with Russia, collusion. But the bottom line is with uh, a group of very serious Trump haters, a group of, I call them, angry Democrats, somebody who was very conflicted at the top, no collusion and also no obstruction because the statement was made and uh, the attorney general you know, understood it very well, and he read it, and he made a decision right on the spot. No obstruction. So you had no collusion, no obstruction, $35 million spent, and unlimited manpower, woman power, and there's nothing, nothing. And it was a very bad two years for this country. But what has happened is we found everything going in the opposite direction, and I think— now it's turning unbelievable. The tables have turned, and you're seeing things come out like you just, uh, like you just noticed. And uh, it's, uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. It's very important for the country to now find out how that whole thing started. And in all fairness to Bob Mueller, it started long before he was appointed. This was going on long before that. You understand. Uh, the first lady and I came down on the escalator on June 16th. And this started very shortly after that. It was a disgrace. Wait a minute. So what is he referring to? It started very shortly after that. So they came down the escalator June 15th, June of 2015, which started very shortly after that. What started was, remember what I said? The actual exposure of what? The upstream data that was broader see at first they use the mous they use the outside vendors like i explained yesterday and i broke it down i've actually uploaded yesterday's radio show take a listen where i've told you how they were spying on the trump campaign from 2012 four years before the election so right after so he gave you the hint right after he announced they took it up a notch and what they did was they started a broader survey of uh Upstream data collection. Upstream data collection. So those that jumped on the campaign first, those senators that endorsed them first, uh, all that chatter that was going on, everyone was being monitored. And so this upstream became broader. And this is what um, prompted many of us to reach out to a person of a person of a person because you need a lot of middlemen to get to the guy with the tiara, to get to the guy with the sash, to talk to the right people. Because in 2012, in 2014, and in 2015, where I personally sent questions and myself to certain areas, obviously during a corrupt government, of course, uh, they fell on deaf ears because you're not wearing a tiara. Obviously, you're sending it anonymously first, too. So it was at that point that it was urged that someone bring it uh, to the FISA court judge's attention. Okay? And that takes time. You can't go straight to the judge. It's not like I can walk up to the steps of the FISA court and say, hey, I want to see Judge Rosemary Collier. You can't do that. I mean, you could try, <laughs> but they won't. Who are you? Yeah, maybe we can book an appointment if there's a need for an appointment. Because apparently they're so uh, in demand and so secretive you can't. 
So by the time that information was actually made known and there was an uptick, this is, we're talking 2015, November, December time that it was brought to attention and then examined further with these supposed algorithm stuck issues. It's really funny how your algorithm messes up. And so from 2012 up until some point in 2015, it's capturing, you know, data that's like from zero to a hundred people. Right. And then right after he announces that he's running for president, it's now from a hundred people to a hundred thousand people because the algorithm is stuck and it's just selectively choosing random people that just all happen to somehow fall into President Trump or at that time, candidate Trump's orbit. And it wasn't just them. It was the other candidates. So we had Cruz, Kashik, you know, Jeb. Like nobody cares about Jeb. So they probably didn't even look at Jeb. Uh, Marco Rubio, Christie. How did their dirty laundry come out? (laughs) You think it was Trump that did it? He didn't care. He knew he was going to win. How did it come out? Oh, it was that algorithm that was stuck. That's right. (laughs) That's how it goes. Take a listen to what he says next, though. Mr. President, we we expect a lot more coming out in the days, weeks, and and even months ahead. We know at least 53 more closed door, uh, the testimony closed door of many of these players. That will be released. We know that the inspector general... He now will have his report. We expect sometime in perhaps in May, likely in May, uh, where he will he's been investigating the FISA abuse issue. Um, And then, of course, we have Huber on leaking and and whatever his report ultimately ends up becoming. uh, We know that, you know, there's a lot of information. And then the issue uh, you have the last time I talked to you about a month ago, you said you would declassify the FISA applications. You would declassify Gang of Eight material, 302 material. Um, if the Grassley, Graham, Nunes memos are correct and the bulk of information in the FISA applications were even as the New York Times suggested this week, may have been misinformation from the Russians that Hillary bought and paid for, that was disseminated to the media and the American people before that election, you know, what would that mean to you? Okay. So let's just stop it right there before we hear what the president says. I want to catch on to what Sean Hannity just said. He said, could it be that the misinformation that was fed and that all of this was misinformation that was done via Russia? Again, we're blaming Russia. For some reason, people are obsessed to blame Russia. They want to put everything on Russia. They want to target Russia, Russia. You know, they were insane when he was going to meet with Putin, weren't they? Everyone was out of their mind. Nope, you can't meet with Putin. Look, we just indicted Russians. You can't meet with Putin. Look, you can't do this. Can't meet with Putin. Don't talk to Putin. If you talk to Putin, you're colluding. Oh my gosh, can't talk to Putin. And now again, now they're like, oh, maybe it was misinformation, but it was done by the Russians. Uh No. So now take a listen to what he says, because Hannity made reference to... Horowitz coming out in May, like I, like I said months ago, almost six months ago, it's going to be end of May, beginning of June. 
probably more mid-May to first week of June because we've got Flynn sentencing in July, okay, guys? And this report will allow General Flynn to pull his plea and get the case dropped. So he will be able to change his plea at that point. But, you know, we also have to talk about the judge. We'll talk about that probably next week because I'm waiting for some stuff to come through first. Can't reveal my sources, that's why, but take a listen to what the president says quickly. Well, first of all, I was very impressed that the New York Times did that because that was the first good glimpse that maybe mainstream is going to pick up the greatest political scandal of in the history of our country. Again, bigger than Watergate uh, because it means so much. This was a coup. This wasn't stealing information from an office in the Watergate apartments. This, is, this was an attempted coup, and it's inconceivable, like a third-world country, and inconceivable. And I have to say that I think a lot of information is coming out, and it's coming out fast, much faster than anybody would have thought. And there are a lot of people very nervous about things that are going on. And I will say that IG, the Inspector General Horowitz, He, other than his conclusion where he said no bias, but he meant that in a different way than you would think. He he gave a great report last time, and I really hope that he's going to give I don't know him. He was appointed by Obama. That bothers me a little bit, but I think he's, everything I can see, he's really an honorable guy. And I think he knows how big this is. I think he knows how big this is. And if he is as honorable as he's supposed to be, The IG report coming out in three or four weeks, from what I hear, is going to be and should be and almost has to be a blockbuster because he has. Okay, before we go to the break, listen to what he said. I hope he was appointed by Obama. I hope he knows how big this is because this can put him in the history books. Horowitz can be put into the history books of being a fair, nonpartisan Inspector General, because he has access to information that nobody else has. And President Trump does not know if he's going to be impartial or not. But he says if he is, it's going to be a blockbuster. This is going to be like Hiroshima on news because this is a coup, a coup in a developed, you know, first world country, not Pakistan, not Nigeria, not Greece, not Turkey, the United States of America. That's the beacon of freedom. See y'all in a few. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world is mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So to wrap this um, uh, show up, I want us to listen to uh, what the president has to say on how huge this is. And remember, Hannity mentioned Huber. Like I said, he's going to be coming out around Labor Day for leaking, etc. Because this is where it's going to be coming up to the 2020 re-elections and we're going to have resignations going like crazy. Here we go. Access to information that most people don't. And that's what he did the last time. He was able to find things that a lot of people, great students of, of this whole thing, like Devin Nunes, who's, who deserves a medal, and Meadows, and, and uh, Jim Jordan, and all these guys, the way they, yeah, Biggs, and, uh, uh, you know, every one of them, they worked so hard. They worked. It's just, you know, they just couldn't stand what was happening to the country. They knew what was going on. Uh, The biggest problem with the Mueller report, he didn't mention any of this. He didn't mention Strzok and Page and McCabe and Comey and the lies and the leaks and the overthrow and the whole thing with the uh, Hillary Clinton got to win a hundred million to one, two lovers, two sick lovers, especially the one. But, I mean, these were like like children. And they're FBI people. They're top people in the FBI. I'm I'm so embarrassed for the FBI when you look at it. But this was... Listen to what he said. What the Mueller report doesn't have. Remember I said, it's what's missing from the report that is key. What is missing from the report? What findings are missing from the report? What he didn't state in his report? Who he didn't interview? Who he didn't subpoena? Who he didn't see? Yet he subpoenaed a bunch of us (laughs) to just get dirt. He 
had no intention of finding out how this Russia collusion came to buy. Because if he did, he would have asked other people, including Strzok, Lisa Page, McCabe, Comey, Dana Rawbacker, the former British ambassador. We can have the get Assange himself. We can have the list keep going. Take a listen. He didn't mention the insurance policy. It's a very, very sad thing, and it can be cleared up incredibly well. But, you know, you know, and so do I, that without, if you didn't go any further, uh, there are tremendous problems. I'm trying to be very nice, and I want to be very tempered, but there are tremendous problems on the other side. If you had no other information other than what you have right now, tremendous problems on the other side. But why didn't they mention in the Mueller report all of this? So I'm going to have to show you some sites, ones oh that make gosh. a lot of money. This, One like, of them- uh, this commercial just popped up out of nowhere. I apologize. Okay, so what he's saying is, and he's reinforcing, that there was a lot of omissions. And again, this is down to Barr, too. Because Barr knows what's in the report. He could have said, you did all this. Look at all this paperwork. Look at all these subpoenas. Why didn't you subpoena this? Why isn't this included? Again, like I said, Barr, grain of salt. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. For all of you saying, yeah, Barr is going to do this. Barr did his job, but he didn't do it fully. Because like President Trump said, why is all of this information missing? Why is the insurance policy not in there? Why, why, why is there so much omission? things that we found out about the other side, including the fake dossier, the fake dossier, which even the New York Times now says was fake, which, again, I respect that they came out and said it. This is too big a a deal for mainstream media to give up. But the nice part is, as far as Trump is concerned and the Trump administration, there's no collusion and there's no obstruction. Now it's time to look at the other side. Mr. President, if in fact the New York Times is right and the dossier was a disinformation campaign by Russia, um, that would mean, as Bruce Orr testified behind closed doors, that he even told every... And by the way, I agree with you about the FBI. The 99% are good people, and this is only a few at the top. But if, if they in fact use that dossier as the bulk of information... And it's disinformation, to use the New York Times words from Russia, that Hillary Clinton, the opposition party candidate, paid for, that they never fully informed the FISA judges of, um, and the Grassley-Graham memo, Nunes memo were right. That means everybody that signed off on that, on those four FISA applications, that would be... That would be the first one, Jim Comey. That would be Sally Yates, Bonte, and Rod Rosenstein. That means they never verified what they told that court. I would say that's a fraud on the FISA court. What do you say? Well, from what I understand, they'd all be in a very big pile of trouble. That's the way I look. So Dana Bonte, I already referred, um, and I had written an article, and I've told you all the people, people that are omitted from this is Dan Coates also signed um, uh, a FISA renewal warrant. So did Pompeo. But the difference we found with Pompeo is that he first signed it as CIA director, and then he signed it as Secretary of State. So he got a promotion within, which means that he was following, not complying. Make sense? 
He was following, not complying, and took notes. And more than likely, every single person that it has to go through signature usually put a comment or commentary or they just sign off. I'm pretty sure because people are smart like this, that when you sign something you don't agree with, you make it clear. Kind of like whenever I sign something, I say, I, I, I do not agree with what is in here, but I am obliged to put a signature. I am also under the impression that he didn't sign it as CIA director, that, um, you know, his uh, signature was omitted, but then it was signed as secretary of state. Um, so that was to allow it not to bring up flags, I guess. I don't know. Um, still haven't gotten that confirmation because I haven't gotten the final document uh, with all the signatures. But what I can tell you is, is that the acting attorney general, Rod Rosenstein and Dana Bonte, I have a few signatures that I've seen there. John Kelly also signed it. So we all need to understand just how many people were on that document and they've already left. Now with Pompeo, like I said, I was advised that when he was CIA director, he did not sign it. Uh, but that has not been confirmed, uh, you know, on paper, but I trust my sources that he didn't sign it CIA director. And that leads me to believe that with his promotion during the next renewal, as secretary of state, um, that that actually played a role. So, um, but Kelly did. Okay. Just so you guys know, he did. Um, so this is huge. This is a big deal. So what's coming up? I'll tell you what's coming up. What we have, uh, first of all, let me just point out, there's tons of indictments. Uh, today, there was a breaking story coming out of Massachusetts where a judge was actually arrested, and she's facing 20 years prison because there was a guy in her courtroom uh, that was an illegal alien, and he was uh, wanted on drug charges. ICE came up so that they can detain him after his court hearing. The judge advised ICE that they're going to have to wait in the lobby till after the court. She removed them. Once the court was over, she let the guy go out the back door so he doesn't get detained by ICE. So she actually spoke with uh, the lawyer and, uh, you know, the lawyer for the defendant said, you know, ICE is going to get him now. And the judge was like, don't worry, I'll fix this. It's not going to happen. And so this is what she did. She let him go out the back door. And so... Uh, like I've said, the, the the reason I'm referring to this, because this is one in 20,000 cases like this around the nation, that we, the corruption we have is because people that are in positions vested with trust to execute justice blindly, people we have in law enforcement vested with trust to execute blindly their duties, right? People even in the military that we vest trust in to execute their duties blindly are not. It's not just the federal entities of the State Department, the DOJ, the CIA, the intelligence community, um, you know, Treasury, DOI. It's not just their HUD. It's everywhere. We can't trust the judges on the bench because they play politics. They don't take the law into their hand. They don't um, sit there objectively. They demand things on the basis of politics. They play partisan politics on a local level. 
And these judges are the ones that are being removed. If anything, judges across the nation, in every city and in every state, should tremble to the idea of complying and using political notions to execute their duties. Because it'll only take one person to get you removed from the bench. And then when an investigation ensues and sees that there are many more like situations, the years can tack on pretty quick. So it's not just illegal immigration. It's using the court system. And this is what the corrupt people do. They use the court system as their jungle gym. You know, they can play there. That's their playground. They manipulate judges. I mean, here we had Barack Hussein Obama manipulating Chief Justice Roberts. I mean, his bench under his butt is trembling for sure. And there's going to be a lot more that's coming out. Like the president said, there's a lot of people higher up than the FBI director, higher up than Sally Gates, higher up than the AG of the Obama administration. This goes so high up, it's ridiculous. You have to think about it. And okay, so let's talk next week. Okay, let's shift gears. We've got, you know, about 13 minutes left of this show. And on Friday, I always... You know, it's fiery Friday, right? Well, uh, you know, yesterday was the big drop. This allows people to have it on Friday. The only time that you drop it on a Friday, the really good news is when you want to bury it or when you want people to take their time reporting on it. Um, yesterday, the Peter Strzok text, he didn't want too much reporting on it, but he didn't want it buried either because he wanted people to know exactly what's going on and how far up this goes and how far penetrated it was uh, going through um up to our vice president, which is a big deal. Now, um, you know the the state visit that uh, President Trump is to uh, go to in England. They throw one of those for every president of the United States. They threw a shading for Obama and everything. Well, now, you know, they're complaining. Jeremy Corbyn already said he's not going to the banquet. He's not going there. It's an embarrassment because our president is a misogynist and a racist, etc. This just goes to show the defiance of the globalists against our president. This just goes to show how PO they are because what he's doing is effective and it's and it's coming. They will now be sanctioned as a European Union. Remember that. They will be sanctioned. Now, I want to do another, hey, I kind of told you about this, but no one um, you know, listens. You remember um Maria Butina? You remember her? Yeah. Well, she was actually sentenced to 18 months prison um, because, you know, she actually pled guilty to conspiring, um, acting as a Russian agent. This was done today. It was announced today. She's, you know, we all know Maria Butina. She was um, the person that between 2015 and 2017... She was a Russian government official. She represented the country of Russia, supposedly. And under um, Russia's direction, uh, she provided um, information on people that can influence the United States. Now, 
I want to point something out. What she was doing is telling people that were Russian who can influence politics. So let's pretend who's an influencer. Like, and and this is not like, I'm not saying that she did this. Okay. By no means, but someone that um, people would consider an influencer is a YouTuber, right? Someone that has a big YouTube show, has a lot following list, pretend Mark Dice or Alex Jones or Mike Cernovich or Jack Posobiec, you know, or me, anyone would be considered someone that can influence politics, policy, right? Um, And so those people are outliers, meaning that they're not directly involved with the politics, but they can influence opinion. So what she did was compose a list of people that are influential sheriffs, you know, um, state officials, um, but not Congress and Senate so much. And so this list was supposedly to help see who they can work with supposedly that the Russian Federation can work with uh, to influence uh, American elections and American policies and American politics. So it would be kind of like she would, let's pretend she put my name on it. Not saying she did. Of course not. I'm not that influential. I'm very incognito. I've only come out in public for like a year and a half now. And that was out of necessity. But, um, Let's pretend she put me down. That would mean that someone from Russia would then try to suss out what my needs would be. They'd be like, hey, you still have some student debt. How's I pay that off for you? And in exchange, maybe you can write a few articles or talk about this in a more favorable way, kind of subtly direct attention somewhere else, influencing uh, rhetoric. That's basically what um, she supposedly did. Now, being a Russian national herself, one would say that, um, that, you know, that's a big deal. But the thing is, she worked for the DNC. So, she, yes, she was in circles of uh, conservatives. Yes, she was infiltrating NRA circles, Second Amendment circles, um, more outliers and, um, you know, Trumpers that were more uh, staunch in regards to their opinions. Uh, she canvassed them. She investigated them. But it wasn't for uh, just Russia, Uh, She was planted there to create the narrative uh, that they were working for Russians. So like, for example, if I was hanging out with Maria Bettina and then I I said things that I normally say, which is Russia is not our enemy, then they would assume that Russia got to me and I'd be investigated clearances would be pulled um you know so you have to pay attention to whose clearances have been pulled um which people are still talking how are they talking have they changed their narrative because this is exactly what was done it was it was all done from the dnc so I don't seem to understand how this came out to be that she was acting as a Russian agent. They're very adamant about pointing to it. And I guess maybe pleading guilty and agreeing that it was a Russia thing was the go-to, considering that – when she was arrested in D.C., uh, the investigation was headed by Obama's FBI people. So, uh, you know, they were in power. 
So, you know, they um, found her, they arrested her in 2018, in July of 2018, but her activities had ensued between 2015 and 2017. So at 2018, when they arrested her, she wasn't working for Russia anymore. So that doesn't make sense that they waited, you know, a, you know, a good half a year before they arrested her. So this is a narrative going, yes, she infiltrated, um, but if anything, as a Russian national, she was paid for by the DNC to go. So we should be seeing more on this um, because she was actually um, – sentenced at uh, the regular court of D.C. And so it wasn't at the Eastern District of Virginia, which means that it didn't fall under intelligence. So this is how you can tell apart what's iffy and what's clear cut. When you see someone getting tried for working with foreign agents, um, it's almost, uh, not almost, it's always done in the Eastern um, District of Virginia court. Always. Uh, this one was done in the uh, D.C. District Court. So even though National Security Section of the U.S. Attorney's Office for the D.C. Uh, branch was the one running this, um, it seems to be um, a narrative being pushed. This is why it's so simple and clear cut. So she's going to prison for 18 months. Uh, that was her sentencing today. It was announced. Uh, so Again, uh, this is just another, hey, I kind of told you that this is a concern that the DNC had planted many people to a lot of places. Now, here's where you can see the difference. Today, they announced that a man from Virginia was sentenced to 15 years prison um, and uh, followed to with five years of supervised release for um, producing child pornography. The guy's name is Logan Roy McCulley. He's only 25 years old. He was actually tried in the Eastern District of Virginia. Now, this means that he's implicated via the government. So I am, I am of the fact that this Logan Roy McCulley was working for the government in some shape or form. Either he was a soldier, either he worked within the FBI or the intelligence community um, having started up. So this is how um, it comes to. They said that in November 2017, uh, he met a 13-year-old online and drove to the child's residence in West Virginia and then got the child... Um, and had sex with the 13-year-old child um, for the purpose of recording uh, the sex with the child. And after he made the video, he sent it uh, online to someone else saying that he made the video and shared it. So, um, you know, Macaulay confessed about the video and it was still on his phone when they got him. So he was um, sentenced to 15 years. He is in the uh, Eastern District of Virginia, which means that this guy 
was working for our government. I'm pointing out the things so you can parse and make sense of things because these indictments, these sentencings that are all happening throughout this month that have happened throughout this month is April showers for the deep state. April showers because they're cracking down on everything. And if they got this little guy, Macaulay, at the age of 25, who worked for our government in some form of capacity, right? That means they got other people. Because you don't learn something like this. You don't get born thinking that child pornography or having sex with children is okay. You get taught this. Or you do something like that for insurance to move up in your career. So there's a lot of insurance policies out there that many of us have seen, many of us know the existence of, and many of us have. So May is going to be awesome. We're going to be springing some wild, crazy... It's going to be full bloom and we're pulling out the weeds, man, in May. We are definitely pulling out the weeds. Now, over the weekend, what we need to focus on is our foreign policy. We're going to have a lot of news about Turkey, lots of news about China. We're going to see CNN talking about tariffs and all this diddly squat. Remember, it's all about Iran, all about Iran, the sanctions against Turkey for Iran. And remember, hey, Turkey's not going to budge. We're going to sanction Turkey. And if we sanction Turkey, that means the EU can't buy oil from Turkey because Turkey gets it from Iran. So we're going to see the new narrative, which is President Trump is being, you know, uh, unreasonable. He shouldn't be doing this. He's sanctioning Turkey. He's doing it because now the EU has to buy oil from Putin. So he's trying to make him rich. Pay attention. This is all going to come out there. They're going to use this and say that Trump wants Russia to be rich. That's why he's sanctioning Turkey. When the thing is, Turkey's buying all their oil from Iran and selling it to the EU. But you know what? You won't hear that on CNN. They'll just say, Turkey's under sanction for getting their oil from Iran. Well, why don't you tell everyone how Turkey doesn't use all that oil, that they actually give it to the European Union. And this is why they're being sanctioned, because they're buying it from Turkey. So this is where the EU is going to be like, we don't want to sanction Turkey. They were supposed to be part of the EU. That's going to be the driving narrative, right? You can almost hear it. So this is going to be next week. It's all going to be about this BS that they're going to be feeding you. And remember, Turkey is the gatekeeper of all oil for the EU. The EU self-imposed sanctions on Russia with the stunt they did with the Ukraine. Now, Turkey says, America's not going to tell me what to do. You could go stick it. Gower, which means non-Muslim. So, hey, we're going to sanction Turkey. And sanctioning Turkey means that Germany, the UK, the rest of the European Union can't buy oil from Turkey. European Union is going to say, we can't sanction our neighbor. They haven't done anything. You can't hold us to it. And it's going to be like, but you're buying oil from Iran through them. No. So what are you saying? Should we buy it from Russia? You want to make Putin rich? You watch the narrative go. But they're not going to win. Because... Good news is, is that the crown prince and the president have great relations because our president didn't let the media and didn't let the swamp, including Lindsey Graham, drive the narrative with the Khashoggi facade. So we're winning, winning, winning. Stay tuned because next week's going to be insane. Have a wonderful weekend to those of you celebrating Easter. Happy Easter. He has risen. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless all of you from all of us at Red State. 